Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my namaste in bed co-host, <laughs> Mina Kulo-Sitep. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. This is literally one of my favorite sweaters and <laughs> sweatshirts. I live in this thing. And my daughter was like, what does namaste mean? <laughs> it says namaste in bed. <laughs> But guess what, guys? She is not in bed. We are recording this at our desks on our microphones. Yeah, I had a rough night of sleeping last night. So I was like up at like 5 a.m. and up throughout the night. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? It's probably hormones, you guys. Like, I'm sure it is. And just kicking back because we are right at the beginning of January 2019 and it's just getting back into that swing of things, right? Like kids are back in school, work is starting back up and we are all super excited um, to plan for the year and really start implementing some of those things that we wanted to do. I could not be more pleased that the kids are back in school (laughs) and that the work week has started because it, not that it hasn't been fun, but it's been a lot and- Mm -hmm. I've just been like feeling overwhelmed, but having fun at the same time. So it's like this crazy mix of, you know, up and down and up and down, up and down. So, um, but I'm excited to just like start the new year, get in some routines and get back on track. Totally. So first I just wanted to jump in and just talk to you guys about our Instagram. Um, We have an Instagram. It's the product boss on Instagram at the product boss. And we would love for you guys to head over there and like the page, follow the page, interact with us in our stories, and even check out some of our um, IGTV because I have been working on that and we're putting sort of, we're dropping some clips from our podcast episodes before you will ever hear them on here, on there. So it's really great because you get to sort of jump in and hear some nuggets of inspiration or um, interviews that we have. So if you want to head over there, and then this is the other thing I would love for you to do. I would love for you guys, I'm going to put up a post and I'd love for you guys to give me descriptive words to describe Mina when I introduce her. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I'm serious. Like I run out of words sometimes. I'm like the genius Mina. (laughs) Well, you can just say the same. It's like, what is that thing that anchors have closing remarks or whatever, closing tagline. Well, I think that's part of my thing that I get to give you different names. So we can ask everyone on Instagram what they think. Do they want me to always describe you the same or do they, do they wait for that little nugget? I honestly never know what's going to come out of your mouth. So it's always a shocker. And that's what kicks off the podcast. So we will put it in the show notes, our Instagram handle, and we'd love for you to head over there. Um, Mina, what are some of the things that we talk about in our stories? Um, so many things. You get to see behind a lot of the behind the scenes and you get to interact with us. I think that's the big difference of being away from the podcast is that you actually get to see the real life stuff and then comment on it. 
to directly to us because we're manning those inboxes like hawks at this point, basically. <laughs> we are definitely on our Instagram a lot and we are in the DM. So if you ever jump in there and you want to direct message us, if you have questions um, that we can answer quickly, or if you, you know, just we're trying to build this community of product bosses, be it on Instagram or in our Facebook community. And we're there, like we're in it with you and we want to be, and there's, we have so many new, I would call them friends on Instagram because we're in their business. We know what they're doing. They're sharing with us. We're liking each other. They're like, we're sharing in their, their wins and their new product releases. Um, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, I've always been a fan of Instagram. Like I used it on a personal basis way back when, before I had so many accounts. And um, Jacqueline never used it personally. So she was always hesitant to go, you know, full throttle into Instagram mode. Um, So let me ask you then, how are you liking it now? Sounds like you're loving it. My husband tells me I have to get off my phone all the time. (laughs) I'm like, hold on. Talking to someone. Um, I love it. I actually was on there last night um, DMing with one of our product people because she's a startup. And so we were chatting about it and she was just telling me about how like her first launch went. And then I actually sent her one of our podcast episodes that I thought she was a subscription model. So I um, sent her the beginning of the subscription boss, which is earlier in our in our podcast episodes. And so she's like, awesome, great, she'll listen. So I think sometimes we could just, we're not necessarily consulting in our DMs, but we can absolutely kind of shortcut things for you or like give little tidbits of advice or just connect. So I, I really like that. Have you used the voice, the new voice thing at all? I did. So shout out to, um, it's actually, I think it was Woodlove Studio. Um, yeah, Marilyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I ordered shirts over Christmas for our family to decorate the trees, which is also on our Instagram. So if you guys head over there, you can see our little like fast forward. We do it every year. We wear um, matching pajamas, like my in-laws even. And then we decorate um, the tree in fast forward motion. It's like happy holidays from us. And so we were chatting and then she just started voicing, voice messaging me. Um, and then she sent me video through Instagram DM. And so I was actually, I actually placed two orders through Instagram with product glasses, the, the shirts for the pajamas and creating Carmichael, which is, was also on our stories. Um, she has these great ornaments. And so I was actually sharing with her all the pictures of my family. And then we were going back and forth on Instagram and that was our total mode of communication. And she actually sent me a link to pay her through Instagram. That's awesome. Um, yeah, creating Carmichael actually surprised you with some ornaments of me and you, right? Yeah, and Which there's that awesome on Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> yeah, if only we had caught on video the scream that came from me when I saw myself in peg form. <laughs> Mina in peg form. So she took our um, our artwork from our podcast and she just, because I had ordered my in-laws and my family. And then she's like, I sent a little extra thing for you. And I opened it. It was Mina and I in mini form and it was our artwork. So I don't want to send you you because I love having us together in peg form. <laughs> so I might have to order another set for you. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much, Lauren. We absolutely <laughs> loved them so, 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 so much. So yeah, Instagram, the voice thing I thought was, I'm kind of torn. I think that people are so used to our voices. So, you know, hearing us on that voice thing would be cool. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't know. It, it, I just feel like I'd be chatting all the time, which I'm sure you'd love. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to talk more than text, but I think, I think for 
I think it just depends on what the situation is, right? Like mm-hmm. um, we've had several people join our mastermind through Instagram. We've been chatting with them on it and they had questions about Instagram. And that's when the voice has come in handy when I've been explaining to them the program and them joining the mastermind through that versus us having to like schedule a call and, and that sort of thing. Um, so that's been great. But I just think even interacting with us on it and learning how you can interact with your customers on Instagram through the direct message is just, it's been, it's been really, it's been really fun. Yeah. And then even with like the texting, they can choose whether or not they want to read it. Right. But with the voicing, like I would be like, I wonder what it says on there. I have to play. (laughs) Like Voxer. (laughs) But But you get to like see them before. Like you see all their images and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. So what are we talking about today? Okay. So, so we'll put all these links in the show notes. So thank you. And if we see you on Instagram, we'd love to talk to you in the direct message, DM us. We'd love to see you like us, check out all the things we talked about. But today we are talking about, so our, the title of this um, podcast episode is let's plan together. So product, we're helping you create your product development calendar for the year. Yeah. So product development is really important in that, that you don't always have to do it, but you should absolutely 100% decide if you're going to do it or not. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what this episode is about to see if it's right for you. Um, I think it's really hard to do it from the get go because it costs so much money, but I'm in my fourth, well, I'm into my third year actually. So it'd be third full calendar year. I, I hit the three year mark. So I'm in that mode where I can definitely just work on new product development and be comfortable doing it. And that's my way of diversifying and expanding and scaling my business. So in planning this episode for you all, uh, Mina and I started brainstorming on it and we both definitely have different takes on it because of our backgrounds and because of the products we've been associated with. So I think it'll be a really helpful episode for all of you because for example, Mina with little labels, she has her products that, that as of now, haven't seasonally changed. We were talking about like she doesn't put leaves on them for fall and Santa Clauses for Christmas versus me as a fashion design apparel consultant working in fashion products and apparel and accessories. We're dealing with seasonality, right? So you guys see New York Fashion Week, um, you know, Paris Fashion Week, and then that's like launching spring, summer or fall, winter. Um, So in fashion, oftentimes you're dealing with even smaller, like quicker turnarounds of product product development. And then there's the in-between. You're talking about food products or um, candles where maybe they're, they've got their core scents and then they're adding on seasonal scents or seasonal type items that they're adding in and they have to forecast for that as the year is going on. Yeah, for sure. And I think that the more that you're in business and the more that you sell more items, whether it be like three items and a whole bunch of each one, then you get to know your customer a lot more. So you know what their needs are. And then when the product development comes, you're able to meet their needs because you know them so well and what they're willing to pay for. So let's talk about where we all start because we are all going to start in the same in the same place. So first, what we want you guys to do is we want you to look ahead. So since we're talking about this in the very beginning of January, and you know your year could be calendar year your year could be seasonally from like spring to spring so but we're just talking about just forecasting out the seasons in the year ahead so looking at your seasons your market and your goals so your goals for the year so we're going to talk about this sort of like within this calendar year since it's january yeah and i think at the beginning of the year it's good to look at it from a year like helicopter view a full year 
though realistically, you're probably only going to be able to plan like six months at most, you know, like hardcore task orienting everything. Um, But you would need to know what's coming up for the full plan, you know, the full year. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about, I'll just jump in the fashion side of it all. And then we can, we can pull back from that because that's probably the most micro, like lots of seasons. So just to kind of tell you guys this, um, it is January in February is the start of selling fall winter product which means that there are trade shows that are happening. So you guys will see like New York Fashion Week comes up in February. So that's how you can always think about when the season is being sold. So fall, winter, all the styles have been designed and developed. They're going to walk the runways in in, um, February. And that's what's going to be in stores starting in July. That's how far ahead they're actually going to present the final product. They're going to show it to stores. Stores are going to have the ability to buy wholesale they're going to take the orders. They're to, the brand is going to go into production against those orders over the next several months as they're selling. And then they're going to start shipping the stores in July. So let's think that they've been designing and developing way before February. The next time in fashion would be September. Like September is fashion. We think about September issue for Vogue. So September is spring, summer of the following year, which means that any of my fashion clients that I'm working with right now, they're in sourcing mode, which is why Vegas, the show comes up in February. They're going to look for sourcing. They're looking for their fabrics for spring, summer, 2020. They're going to be designing. They're going to be developing. Their development's going to be done. Their photo shoots are going to be done. Their line sheets or sell sheets are going to be done. And they're going to have all of that beautifully ready to present to stores to buy wholesale in August, September, October. That's their selling time. And then they'll go into production and ship in 2020. So so in fashion, you have to really forecast like way ahead and you're constantly overlapping. So that's sort of like the lots of product development, lots of design, lots of production. How about you, Mina? Yeah. I mean, I think that even looking at the fashion side of it and going off of there, it's kind of like when you look at a press calendar, right? They are six to nine months ahead in pulling in editorials uh, and features. So looking at that for products and everything too. Uh, When you're looking at fashion and you're looking at the trade show circuit and everything like that, that just goes to show you how much runway, runway, no pun intended, (laughs) um, that you need to not get overwhelmed. Because imagine like just trying to hurry during August and being like, oh my gosh, I need all this stuff. But you're almost late to the game, mm-hmm. especially since in February right now is going to be Chinese New Year too. So you need to even keep that in mind because China shuts down for like a month and you have to already have your plan like right from the get go. So going back to what you said about press, I just want to like bring that up because we're very used to this like short lead time now with just having like micro influencers, influencers. But if we step back just a few years and people used to try and get into magazines like People Magazine or Vogue or your swimsuit landing, you want to be in Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. They are planning, like you said, so far in advance. So it used to be three months was like a lead time to get into publications and some big ones needed things even six months ahead, which means that if your product is going to be featured in that magazine, so let's just say O, like O Magazine with Oprah, They've got their issues planned out forever. And you have a product. We had a client that we worked with in a strategy session that was featured in O Magazine. Her product was already developed and designed and there was a physical product that she could then send to O Magazine to be out six months later in the magazine. Doesn't mean 
it, if it was a new product, she may have just had the development, she may have pitched it, and then it might have been ready for sale on her website at the same time that it dropped on Oprah. And that's how you would like align seasonality with when it drops, or it's something that you're running all the time. So you do need to think that far ahead because also your development needs to be done so that press can see it and then build it into their schedule. Yeah. And that's if you want traditional press. You could also make your own press, like what Jacqueline was saying, as as far as like aligning the two time frames. Like, you know, it could be like as champagne popping of, hey, Oprah magazine just dropped with this edition and I'm celebrating too. Here's my new product and my limited edition you know, whatever, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, for that season. Yeah. Like I just had a call with a client and she does a lot of give back with her product. And I was saying that, um, she has t-shirts and I was saying if let's say breast cancer awareness was part of it, you think that far ahead, right? October is breast cancer awareness. You get pink in the fall. People are wearing pink in the fall, which isn't as typical, right? But for October they are. And, um, she needs to plan out ahead. Like if she has to go into development, if she has to create screens and graphics to go into these t-shirts, she does have a lead time. Then she needs time to be able to promote that product for it to then drop like production ready drop in October. So she needs to sort of plan that whole thing out and decide now that that's something she wants to do in October. Yeah. So as we're talking here, I'm just going to reiterate what our number one question that we want you to ask yourself. What are the seasons, markets, and yearly goals you have coming up for the year? So that's what we're talking about here is just looking at what's coming up in the year, even if it's magazines dropping or breast cancer awareness or any of that stuff. Um, Let's go off the breast cancer awareness example. So let's say she wanted to drop that new product for breast cancer awareness. What if she wanted to get super creative with it and commission an artist? The artist would need time to design something. Also, that artist also, since she's bringing them on, would have that ramp up time to get her own audience excited because she's doing something cool for October and it's with this cool brand, which is yours, of course. And, you know, it would be able to like bring in this whole project that's it's huge because product product development is huge. It's a big deal. And in order to get the full, you know, ROI out of it, then you do need to look at the timing and the manufacturing and everything um, to get it to drop right at the right time. And the promotional time. So again, if you're going business to business, you're going business to customer, when are the businesses buying and when do you have to be ready for that versus when are customers buying and even that promotion of it. So you're talking about on Instagram for four weeks before, are you, you know, are you running ads? What are you doing? So here's our next question to you. We also, the next question is like, what does your customer expect from you? So for example, if you're a candle company or a soap company, you might have that you always run like lavender scent. You know, there's certain scents that maybe exist forever. But then if you see like what's on sale right now in stores, like that pine smell, right? Um, like Christmas cookie smell. I bought an orange uh, candle at like a pumpkin spice smell. So those kinds of things are seasonal. And your customer may expect they don't necessarily want to burn their gardenia in the fall, they may want their house to smell like freshly baked cookies. And so that's the question of, does your customer expect a new product from you? Does your customer expect a new collection from you? Um, Or is your customer cool with you running the same, the same item for a whole year or a couple of years or six months? 
Yeah. Or do they expect a new product in the familiar sense? You know, like let's say they decided to do lavender again, but decided to roll out um, incense or I don't know, like um, diffuser oils or something, you know, yeah, something yeah. that fits. Um, the body oil. So yeah. Yeah. So then it's familiar, but hey, you know, this is the sister product that is very similar, but different, right? Mm-hmm. New products, same smell. So what is it that your customer is expecting? Will they be delighted enough about it to put their money into that purchase? So they might love lavender, but they might not love lavender diffuser oil. They might only love lavender soap. You know, will they buy a bath bomb if you come out with it? So having that whole other idea of a product and whether or not they're willing to purchase it in that form and whether or not you want to bring it out because, you know, there's only so many lavender things you can come out with, right? So thinking about that. So let's talk about little labels because you said you're into your third year. You launch little labels with just the labels? Yeah, with the baby bottle labels. And was it because you have designs, like you've got the animals. What was the graphic on them? It was just the animals and the like gender neutral playful patterns is what it's called. So those two, I only had two SKUs, those two SKUs. Okay. And then how long after did you decide to, that you, that it was time for you to develop a new product to add to the little labels catalog? It was only like six months. I came out with those bottle labels and I always knew I wanted to do something that fit everything. And then when coincidentally, my oldest daughter went to kindergarten and it was wintertime. So, you know, we were at July when we debuted the baby bottle labels and then come to December, she needed to take snow pants and snow boots to school. And I noticed that all the moms had items from Target, you know, because all moms basically love Target. And so especially for snow pants, there's only so many designs, you know. And so I was like, oh gosh, you know, I wonder if my labels could go on these snow pants. And they could because most of them were plasticky. And, you know, my baby bottle labels are great for plastic, but they weren't actually like, I was like, huh, I wonder if I could come out with something that's more for fabric and for clothing. And that's where that started. And then I love the idea of the sister product because the baby bottle labels were developed with Layla, right? In mind, because she was my youngest daughter. And then the, the clothing labels were developed with Surrey in mind because, you know, going to kindergarten and stuff. So I love the idea of bringing out new products that was really aligned with each other. Um, that, you know, met the same thing. Like if you're packing a daycare bag, you're going to have to label all those items. So that's kind of where that started. So the cool thing in just breaking that down is that you're still selling to the same customer Mm -hmm. and that same customer needs to label I've been told label everything. Like I don't even know how to label my daughter's gloves, you know, like they don't always have the labels in it, but you have to label everything. And so you came up with that solution for that time of life for people. Okay. They have to label all of, they need to label backpacks and need to label lunch boxes, plastic goods, clothing, diaper, not like you even have to label the bins you bring in. Yeah. And so you didn't come up with something else. You came up with a iteration that we always talk about, like an iteration of another labeling product to solve the same problem they're having, but just for different items, but it's the same customer, same place being used. Yeah. Like stuffed animals that they take to school, blankets they take to school. So here's the thing that I also learned when I'm developing new products. So the reason why those clothing labels were successful was because I had a unique selling point. They were no iron and they were washer and dryer safe. Well, I've tried to come out with other labels, guys. Milestone labels, 
um, baby on board labels for the car. And they've all, those have flopped because no unique selling point, right? You can get a baby on board sticker or whatever, and they're the same across the board. Um, same with milestone stickers, you, you know, the difference is the design, but there's nothing super, super special. Like it's stick on and wash and dryer safe or it's dishwasher safe and microwave safe. So those were actually the things that I noticed the most that would sell the most is the ones that were truly solving a problem, you know, that cut through the clutter. I love that you just shared that with everybody because people know about the success of little labels, but they don't necessarily know about the products that you too came out with that you, you tested. So you went through development of the stuff. You spent mm-hmm. money and you spent time. You tested and realized actually, no, like, <laughs> not working. I mean, no, I wish I didn't say no. It's more like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> um, I wish it was like, yes, but it is a no, unfortunately. And I still have tons of them. So someday. <laughs> everybody will get a baby on board, you know, DM us on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing that sucked with that too, is that the manufacturing of it and stuff, magnets are very dirty. And I did not know that compared to labels. And so then there was like a lots of residue on, um, all the magnets. So like, I felt uncomfortable with how much residue there was, you know, like I'm selling this brand new magnet, but it looks a little bit like icky because of the magnet residue of the manufacturing. And so that's a learning curve too, that I did not take into account, you know? So I guess in talking about that now, you guys, Mina works very fast, like incredibly fast. Like we came up with like a book idea and she basically wrote the book in 24 hours. (laughs) And I wrote in some really good jokes, you guys. (laughs) Very good. So she's just not a good measure to what people like actually get done because she's like super sonic speed. But when you were coming up with these ideas, right, you you had time, you had the for you had the thought process behind it, you had to design it, the design side. And again, you do a lot of the design yourself because you've got that talent. But if you had to hire somebody, you would have to search for the person if they weren't already like on your team. You'd have to instruct them what they need to do. They need to send it to you. There's approval process. Then you would have to get samples of it, approve that, then go into production and that lead time and thinking about how long that would take you and when you were ready to drop that in your business. Um, you know, it just varies though. I think that that's out of order for a lot of people. So what you said was I designed it and then I figure out the manufacturing. I actually figure out the manufacturing before I design it. I have the idea then I see if I can source the manufacturing. And if it cannot be done, I won't spend time designing it because I already know I can find a designer 100%. There's a designer out there for everything, you know? And so that is such a like a hindrance to a lot of people is that they're like, oh, I need to design this first. I need to make sure it's perfect so I can show the manufacturer. But the manufacturer, if it's a good manufacturer, they'll get the idea, you know, like they'll understand, like it's a glove with no fingers, you know, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? So I think that I do it in that um, sphere because then that's when I decide whether or not it's cost feasible, you know, like if I can get it under a certain amount, if I can price it for this amount and then I don't move forward with it or I do. And see, I think, again, that's like where you and I come up into a different realm because- Mm -hmm. 
for, for sourcing in my world in apparel and accessories and whatnot, they need the, to see the design. They usually need to see like a tech pack, like an illustration of it to put together. And most of the time for clothing, they need some sort of sample. They need to see the full process of it to even give you a quote and unit. So you usually can't go to a manufacturer and be like, can you do fingerless gloves? Yeah. But what's the material? What's it being made out of? Mm-hmm. Um, how many do you want? Da, da, da. And so there's a lot of, for my world, there's a lot of design development that has to happen before you can even get quotes from production people. And I think that's the same with a lot of industries too, that you need to have specific specs that you're trying to quote for. Um, and I think that's kind of what I, I only think about products that I know I can spec, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how, like, when I learned the language of everything. So I think that if you're going to go into any industry, you look at, or any um, industry or product development, you look at what specs you'll need to pull in. And then sometimes it includes a tech pack or a sample. And sometimes it's just, just specs, you know, it's yeah. just, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like I- explaining to them the product that you... Need done. Yeah, like I want it in full mm-hmm. color with whatever edging and, you know, it looks like this, but with this instead. I mean, they'll probably get annoyed, but, you know, <laughs> but you're only in research mode right now, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, okay. So that was the question. Is your cust- What does your customer expect or what does the industry expect of you? Is it something that there's constant, you know, development needing to happen? Um, is it, or is it something that like, you know, guys, we get bored, right? Like product people get bored, whether you're in fashion and you're designing a year ahead and your product, fi- your line finally drops a year later and you're over it already. Um, and the customers are just seeing it for the first time, or you've been making something and you're like, oh, but I really want to add that lavender incense because I'd love to get into incense. So that's the question too. Like, are you just bored? Is it needed? Do you have the money? Because there's cost, right? There's time and money that go into this. So do you have the time and the money to develop if it's a flop, right? Some of the ideas that Mina had for magnets wasn't a good idea. Does she have enough money to keep doing her other business? Yes. So, but if that's going to take away, if it's like, I want to come up with incense and if it fails, I won't be able to make what already sells, which are my candles, then that's a big thing to consider. Yeah. And those failed products still consume some of my energy because I'm like, man, how can I get rid of those magnets? You know, (laughs) they just sit there gnawing at you. (laughs) I'm like, somehow can I work this into a promotion? So, you know, like every product, even if you are okay with letting go of the money, it will still consume amounts of energy from you. And you have to be okay with that too. Yeah. 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 Until you just like one day say like, okay, I'm done. I'm giving it away. I'm donating it to a, a whatever. Um, but I agree a hundred percent. So, so we just want you to also think about that. So if it's one or the other, stick with the thing that's already selling and doing well, cause not the entire world. I tell my clients this all the time, like don't throw your, the baby out with a bathwater. Like you think that everyone has seen it, but not everyone has seen it. So oftentimes clients in fashion, their first collection is more or less a bomb. And that's because there's a learning curve. They're coming out with this collection, but most of the time a store or customers are going to see it, but they want to see what you do next. Like they need to learn to trust you. They want to kind of see, especially fashion with like constant changes and stuff like that. So I had a client that had an entire collection. It was a spring, summer collection. We went into fall. It went on sale. 
are there pieces that she could bring back out or like section out and like start promoting a year later back at spring summer when she's actually built like different customer base. She's got more followers on social media. They haven't seen it, you know, like there are humongous brands out there that all of us have not seen before. And so it's just about taking some of, you know, you could take some of that old stuff and keep pushing it forward. Um, but the question is, is like, do you need to develop something new and do you have the funds to do it? Yeah. And when you think about big businesses, you know, us as small businesses, we're solopreneurs. We're trying to do so many things, at least wear multiple hats. Well, the big businesses have their own research and development department. So you are not only like the main business, like the baby and the bathwater, also this other side thing, the research and development thing. So, you know, is it something you want to do? A lot of times when you get bored, um, people haven't seen it, just like what Jacqueline has said, but maybe you just want to do it to infuse some buzz into your business, you know, like create some fun thing, collaborate on some, like, um, you know, one of the things that Jacqueline and I were talking about off air was pop culture, how when you're looking at seasons, there's definitely seasons of like she mentioned Game of Thrones. I'm a big Grace and Frankie fan and also uh, Walking Dead, things like that in pop culture that have a season of their own. And you could definitely do some sort of viral version of that. Hopefully it's a viral. And then, you know, you launch that and then it creates buzz and it's fun and it's like product development, but a spin on something because it's just really for the buzz and not so much for the sales. Well, it's for the sales, but it's for the buzz too, you know? It is that. It's like looking at what's happening pop culture wise or holiday, Mother's Day is a huge time that people buy things. Um, Looking at what's happening and is there something that you have to do a variant on or that you could, you could like, package things together. But again, that takes time, right? Even if it's just you doing it and you're putting something together, you have to see like, is that something that my customer needs? And if they do, then then plan for it. So you're not doing it all like the night before it needs to drop. Yeah. And it's, I think it's one of those things where pop culture is really Mm -hmm. fun. You can think about what your customer is obsessed with, right? Like I love that word obsessed because it just draws a picture in a mind, you know? So then like in mine as a mom, is she, what are the other things she's obsessed with? What are moms typically obsessed with? Target, you know, coffee. coffee, Yeah. (laughs) Wine. Yes. Period. So those things that you know, that maybe they have a season to them, like maybe it's, you know, wine country season or something that you could play something really fun into there. Uh, Like I said, it could be walking dead with zombies. We even have a burger place here called zombie burger and they do cereal milkshakes and their whole, I don't take my kids in there because they actually have zombie mannequins and it's like, like, I'm just like, why, why? But their burgers are delicious. And so like even going off of that, because people get obsessed with different things and they're just like, that's so cool. And I love the vibe of that. And I'm going to bring a little bit of fun thing into my business. It might not be 100% on brand, but it's on brand with your avatar, right? Like it's not like it could be a completely different design for that, but it's something that your avatar would still love and obsess over and be like, oh my gosh, that's so creative. That's so cool. Um, I even drank cognac the other day, you know, I'm so sophisticated. (laughs) (laughs) No, we took um, cognac shots (laughs) for Thanksgiving and the Hennessy, or no, it was Remy Martin, VSOP. They had commissioned an artist to do a very fancy box for them. It was beautiful. 
and it was gold and it was kind of like um, art deco and it was it was just really neat. And I was like, that's so cool. This is a cognac brand and they're commissioning an artist because they're trying to, I'm sure, meet some of those like younger, affluent avatar people in their you know, demographic and show, hey, we're cool too and kind of add a cool vibe to their brand. Yeah, it's like the Absolute Vodka, how they would change up. And actually, the Absolute's a really good example because Absolute would actually change their bottles for cultural cultural like uh, references. Uh-huh. You know? I think I actually saw like a, I think there was like an Absolute for uh, for Game of Thrones. I think there That's was. That's so cool. Is it winter is coming? It might have been like, <laughs> Absolute winter, you know, something like that. Uh-huh. But I think I saw an alcohol brand that was like really specific to that. And so it just makes you, it pushes that sale for something that like, I may not have had to buy another absolute bottle of vodka, which I don't buy, by the way, just so everyone knows that I'm not just drinking vodka at home. But <laughs> And I'm not drinking cognac at home, whatever. <laughs> but if, if I was one that bought it and I still had three quarters of my bottle left, but this bottle was coming out, it would actually make me purchase and overlap my purchase. So let's talk about how to do this, right? Like how we would plan this. And so I'm going to tell you how I would tell my clients to plan. And I think Mina can share with you sort of like how she's planned and how you can look ahead to your year, talking about all of this stuff and figuring out how you plan this. So you, me, who do you want to go first? You. Okay. Of course. Always. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Except for in our masterminds, you go first. Um, (laughs) So, um, so this is how I would tell my fashion, apparel, accessory clients how to start planning out their year. So depending on, because I'm talking seasonally, because typically for the clients that I work with, they're expected to follow trend, for example. And also if you're making clothes, long sleeves are in, warmer clothes are in versus like when it's the summer, there's times that things go on sale. So usually what we'll do is we'll talk about, we have a market calendar. And so like I talked about in the beginning of this episode, when you're looking at when stores are buying, when stores are buying. So when are they buying for fall, winter? When are they buying for spring, summer? I have a client that's in an outdoor industry. She's got a clothing component. And then she also has other things that she sells like accessories, like stickers and keychains, but she does sell wholesale. And so she has to sell at these trade shows and these buyers are buying eight months ahead to be in their store. So when you're looking at your year, I want you to look at trade shows that you plan on going to. Are they business to business trade shows like wholesale type markets or are they business to customer? Like you're going to Renegade Arts or Unique LA or you're going to something where customers are buying. So if if you're going directly to customers, they're going to be buying right now usually. Or you'll see as we just came out of the season, holiday craft fairs where people are starting to have them in November and people are starting to pre-buy gifts for people in December. So I want you guys to go through look at all the markets that are coming up, whether they're wholesale or direct to customer and block those in. Then I would say, write down what kind of products are expected to be there. So if it's to businesses and it's, they're buying eight months, 10 months ahead, then you have to forecast like, oh, I need my spring, summer collection designed, developed and photographed by the time I show up at this trade show in September, which then will tell you how much you'll need to know how much time it takes you to design develop and photograph to get you into like right now, if we're talking about right now, it's nine months from now. Is that enough time? If you're going direct to customer, it might be product that you already have or that you're already in production on. So let's say 
you killed it this last year with these trade shows with holiday boutiques. And you're like, I'm going to do them all again. And maybe I'm going to increase and I'm going to travel and do some more. Great. This is what I sold. And I think, and I did really well with like the cookie scented candles. So I want you to plan that in. I want you to be like, okay, the shows start in November and December again. My first show is going to be in November, which means that I have to like prototype this, go through development on this cookie, on these cookie scents, decide what I want and be ready, go through production and have all of my product ready to sell for my first trade show that I go to on November 1st. And this might be that you have to do it multiple times a year because you might have multiple markets you have to go to in different seasons, or it might be that you're forecasting out pretty far ahead because maybe you're only developing something new for the holidays or your your high season. So I guess that's what I would tell you is I look at your calendar, look at the events that you have to be at, and then plan how much time it takes you because only you know how much time it takes. And I guess the same would go for holidays. If you're not going direct to customer, you're not going to trade shows, but you're going to do things online, then it's like if Mother's Day is a huge time for you or um, breast cancer awareness, think about what product you feel like you have to develop for that time and how and the lead time, or as Mina said, the runway time for you to get there. Yeah. It's always about working backwards when you're planning. So I think that's whether or not you're wholesale or you know business to business or direct to consumer. So I do a very similar thing in working backwards. So it's just the same thing, just a different look. So I'm talking to the people that are probably a year deep into their business. They, they have something to look to. I just look at my revenue from my pre- previous year. So I look at the whole entire calendar at first and I go by the numbers first. So mine happens to be January, March, May, June, July, August, September. So then I think in my mind, hmm, I wonder why, I'm not sure why those are standing out, right? Because actually January, March, I wasn't even sure about those. So I think about the seasons, the trends, the pop culture, blah, blah, blah. And so for January, I'm sure it's organizing for March, spring cleaning, I'm guessing. So these are all assumptions, right? So since I don't know 100% for sure, that's what I'm going to push during that season to see if it tests out with the promotions and stuff that I'm going to have, right? So that's when I'm working backwards. So same thing with what Jacqueline was saying, I need to know what my production time is. Mine is different because it's direct to consumer and not direct to boutiques or whatever. But let's say I had a wholesale product a, a particular package of labels that was wholesale only, I would need to work backwards even further to account for production time so they have time to get into their stores and they have the selling time and all that stuff for like getting into the stores by January to push, you know, whatever um, organization, March to push spring cleaning with me, you know, January or June to push camp season. So it would be a longer working backwards calendars, but calendar, but very, very similar. The market is just different, you know, like Mm -hmm. the end market. Um, And I'm just basically trying to test things out to see what's popular because at this point I already know what's popular. I just am trying to go with the numbers. So a hundred percent, I know, know my numbers, you know, and a hundred percent, I know my busy months. So I take that and I think now I'm going to assume seasons. And I'm going to try to probably work my entire calendar according to that. But also as moms, we have to put our kids' birthdays in there. We have to put in like, you know, Martin Luther King Day. Martin Luther King Day is coming up, guys. No school. And we got two masterminds. (laughs) Summer vacations. You have to, (laughs) um, that was actually a big tip that I learned from Mina with organizing calendar is that she would actually go through in the beginning of the year her calendar and actually write down exactly that. Kids' birthdays, 
you know, anniversaries, anything that was big, like if you already know days at school are in or out, um, the, uh, like, um, graduations, things like that, weddings to put that in because that actually takes out of the time that you can do stuff. So if it's a really high season or you're shipping something you may need, and you have a wedding for your brother, you may have to, you might have to do stuff way ahead of time. Yeah. Cause even think about March, right. Which I said was spring cleaning. That's what I think that why we get more sales during that time, but it's also spring break and the kids are home for a week and one day. So that's dun, eight, dun, dun. Yeah, eight days. Says the two moms that just got out of a winter break. Yeah, I know. And so taking that into account, I had to be extra prepared during that time. And so, you know, it's just working backwards, looking at the calendar and then seeing if I can match those numbers or make them even bigger because I'm not going, because I only have so much energy, right? So I'm not going to put it towards February where it's like Valentine's Day, you know, that might be a bigger product for other people or bitter, bigger product time for other people. Okay. And then let's also talk about like your own life events. Maybe you're pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you're getting married. Maybe you decided that you're going to take a trip to Thailand this year, whatever it is. Look at all of those life events as well as, as to whether it's a good idea to launch a product. So I actually currently have a client that's pregnant who has delayed her launch for a long time just because whatever reason. And she wants to launch at the same time that her line's going to come out. Well, not super. I mean, sorry that her baby is going to come out, not her line. <laughs> And it's her first, so she doesn't fully understand how off the grid she's going to be. And so it's like it's not a good it's not a good time, right? So it might be that she needs to just delay it, have the baby, take a few more months to launching, and then launch it because or it might be a thing that you're like, hold on, I'm actually gonna pause on the development. Or maybe you do have a new idea for something to develop, but then your a life event is happening and it's like planning a wedding or planning a product, there, there's a lot of time, energy, and money that goes into it. So it's kind of deciding what's a better option for you. Yeah. And that's kind of the step three that we haven't gotten to basically is looking at the why and making sure it's worth it. I mean, those are all the why. Like we don't work this hard and planning our calendars. So then we are tied to it. You know, we do it so then we can not be tied to it and kind of live our lives too. But that goes to show you that you need to actually know what's going on and what's your life and the scheduling the dates. It's easier when kids are in school because there's dates set for you. But if you're at home with younger kids, you don't know what your life is going to be like in four months, you know? So that can get a little bit hard with that certain time period. Um, and then mom brain, you don't know that at one kid yet. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. But again, another client like with the why, right? She had a lot of variations of a product that she she was coming out with and it's and why? Well, because she wanted to, you know? Uh-huh. And it was like, but her funds were limited. And she had a really good uh platform that she could sell her product on. And it was like, do you take your funds and spread them amongst all of these different ideas? Or do we load up? Like, you know how people put like, I'm betting all on black, whatever. Do you mm-hmm. You load up on that one thing because you already, it's actually better than gambling because you already know it's doing well. <laughs> Ed- educated gambling. <laughs> yeah. Like you know that it's, you know that it's doing well. So you're, um, so you're like, you know, no, instead of spreading your money thin against all of these and not letting any of them succeed, it's putting more into the thing that's actually doing really well. Because if that does well, your sales increase, your visibility increases, you get more customers you'll make more money. And then that can go, you budget out for what can go into development. So I guess that's another thing just to look at. Like, 
I tell this to clients all the time with, like I said, with clothing, you don't have to redesign a pair of leggings every season. If you look at Aloe Yoga, they have two pairs of leggings that they've been running that are the bread and butter that have built the buildings that they currently have their own independent stores in. They've got like their goddess legging, these like high leg, they look like leg warmer type leggings. And they have their moto legging, which is the one with all the little pleats. These are like $150 leggings. They've built this brand on these two leggings. Let me tell you, those leggings are not going anywhere. And they come in like 18 colors each. In building that, they were able to then spread it out, make more product and build buildings, you know? (laughs) Yeah. If you think entrepreneurship is not for the weak of heart, product development isn't, (laughs) I'm sure, you know, because like when you definitely, I agree with you 100%. Don't try to launch a new product when you're pregnant and launching at the same time as you're having a baby, because there's just too much. You're just bound to be overwhelmed. So in that case, save your budget and, and, you know, load it up on what, you know, what works your bestseller and just, you know, maybe use that money towards time for, um, what's that called when you take time off? Maternity leave. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what it's called anymore. That's how what's long that I've been working. When you don't work. <laughs> I know. You get to stay home and be with your kid. It's like I, I've lost all concept of corporate life at this point. <laughs> so if you put your money towards maternity leave and hiring people to do what you already know works, that's probably your best money spent. Yeah. So ultimately we just want you guys to, this is a planning episode. It's looking at your year ahead and these key target dates, markets, expectations of customers and your creativity, um, what you feel like you need to develop or what you should develop or not develop and when it's expected to sort of be released. And so we'd love it if you pull out a planner, a calendar, and you start jotting all of these key dates in and then work backwards. I guess that's always what we say is like you, you, you see the long term and you work backwards. It's the same with, with planning a wedding. You've, what's the very first thing after you get engaged? Everyone's like, when? So first you figure out the date, then you find the location. Then you're like, is that location available on that date? Maybe your date changes a little bit depending on the location. And then you get the dress, then you get the flowers and you do all that stuff. So um, I think that would be a good, a good analogy for all this. Yeah, for sure. And you only do that once a year. (laughs) Once a (laughs) a lifetime. Once a year. (laughs) Gosh, that would be insane. Oh my God. No. I mean, maybe unless you're a wedding planner. Um, So if you guys want to talk more about this, like we said, we're on Instagram. We're on the DM. Um, We are talking about, we dig deeper into some of these conversations on there and in our stories. Um, And then we'd love to invite you to work with us in a two-to-one strategy session or a one-to-one strategy session. So depending on what your needs are. Oftentimes we say two brains are better than one, getting both of us digging into your business. Um, or sometimes people will reach out to us because they have a specific topic they want to cover with either myself or with Mina. So Mina, how would they get a hold of us to work with us in a strategy session? So you go to our website, www.theproductboss.com slash about, and you'll get to this area where you can either select myself or Jacqueline or work with the both of us and you just submit a form on there. Yeah. And we, we would love to work with you. We get so excited about all of your businesses and um, getting to kind of step into that and work with you on it. We usually cover one to three topics. Um, so depending on what that is and if it is you, if you want to dig deep with us on planning and that's actually a strategy session I just had through the product boss with a apparel person 
she was planning out like, what does she do for the next year? And she needed her, like she actually needed a three month strategy. And so we created that for her. Yeah. I think that's, this is one of the hardest things um, being so immersed in your own business is that this year plan, right? It's really, really helpful to have an outside person that can be like, hey, you know, or two outside people that can be, hey, let's look at your calendar. Let me think about your products. This is some other creative ideas and seasons and pop culture trends and customer needs that you're not thinking about because what is common to you, common knowledge to you and your avatar, somebody on the outside could see it very differently. And then it's easier to break it down when they have fresh eyes on it. Totally. And I think the power uh, behind you and I, because we've worked with so many clients at this point, sometimes I'll I'll get to that sort of big idea, like what if you try this? And then Mina will work backwards and give you all of the steps to get there. And so it's a really great collaboration of multiple minds together, working on your business, thinking about it with you, and really creating like strategy and some like firm steps that you can take in your business to really move that, move it forward. Yeah. So the other day I was looking at group brainstorming and I thought this was really interesting that one of the methods or techniques of really effective creative brainstorming in a team setting is to brainstorm instead of ideas, to brainstorm questions on ideas. So like brainstorming the questions and then you get to the solutions instead of like in our own little world, we're always trying to look for the solution. How can I solve this? How can I solve this? You're always looking for the answers, but instead think about the questions. And then that is far more effective, especially in a group setting because you get those creative juices going and it's just, you know, like bouncing ideas off of each other. Yeah. So head over to theproductboss.com, click about if you'd like to work with us and set up a strategy session with us. And if you have more questions about it, again, we're on Instagram. So you can direct message us and we will definitely talk to you about whether a strategy session is right for you. Thanks everybody. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there. If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, product bosses, let's make it happen.